Good afternoon. This is Chris from Brother Speak Podcast, where we talk about black LGBT issues and topics. And today we have a guest by the name of Craig Stewart, who is actually one of the most gifted writers I've ever read, just came across. And uh, actually, most people actually seem to think about that too. Uh, we have a book that we has written, several books, by the way. Uh, one of those books is his latest book, One Thing for Certain, Two Things for Sure. As well as also, he also written Words Never Spoken, another book another memoir because basically these are memoirs of and I'm very actually happy to have a writer the, the, my very first writer <laughs> actually to be uh, an author who would actually be on the podcast so I do appreciate that so I just want to kind of introduce the listeners to Mr. Craig Stewart how are you, you doing Craig? What's up Chris thank you for having me and it's, a, it's an honor to be the very first writer on the show <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, I, I want to give the, the listeners a variety of things. And one of the things that I definitely came across is that I said, wait a minute. I know a lot of listeners would definitely resonate with this type of these books. Actually, these are memoirs that you wrote. Mm-hmm. And I got to be honest with you, very candid, very upfront. <laughs> you tell everything that you and I, it just kind of throws me off like, wait a minute. What, you know, this is he says everything about his life in this thing. So, you know what? I want to make sure people get to know who you are and exactly kind of find out a little bit more about your books. So can you give a little bit of a background in terms of where you came from, where you are and exactly, you know, what things in your career, basically? Right. Well, you know, the thing is, when I sat down to start writing the first uh, of the of the two memoirs, I just decided that it had to be as honest and as transparent uh, as I could be. In fact, the title was going to be transparent, but then when I started researching like titles and things like that, I realized there was already a memoir out with that title. But um, I'm originally from Baltimore. Okay. From Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, I grew up there. All of my family is there. My family is still there. I went to college at Hampton University. All right. I was a journalism major. Really? um, Yeah, I was a mass media arts major. I thought that I wanted to be on the news and realized my sophomore year that that wasn't my calling, that I wanted to do more of a creative writing. Okay, okay. And so right after college, two days after I graduated from college in 1998, I moved to Atlanta and I was in Atlanta for 13 years before I, before I moved away. But during the course of those 13 years, I was writing music for songwriters, I'm sorry, for producers and singers alike who were already in the industry, who were doing really well. I worked with Brandy and, and Tweed and just a host of producers that, wow. whose work you would know. Um, but I never got a song placed on an album. And so I kind of got frustrated with it. Um, but I was also coming to terms with being gay at that time. So I was I was juggling this 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 daytime career of trying to get into the song, the music industry. Yep. But also in my personal life, I was trying to figure figure myself out okay. and reconcile my sexuality with everything that I was taught to to believe and and be as a as a Christian, as a God fearing person. Um, and so I, I got involved with a guy who was HIV positive. Oh wow! Um, that was the first guy that I fell in love with. That's how the first book opens. That's how Words Never Spoken opens. Um, and it was just a very, very difficult time for me because it, at the time, it felt, it felt very, uh, like very much so, like I was an anomaly. Like it was a very rare case. Yeah. But now, looking back and everything that I know now, I realize that 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 is that's so common. It happens more often than 
um, than I imagined it, it, it did at that time. And so um, I fell in love with this guy, and two months after we met, he found out that he was HIV positive. That prompted me to, to write and produce a stage play in Atlanta called A Day in the Life. We sold out at the 14th Street Playhouse. Wow. Tyler Perry was in the audience. I was 26 years old, and I really just didn't know what I had on my hands. I really didn't know how to move it beyond uh, this 200-seat theater in Atlanta. And so Tyler Perry came backstage and offered help by way of giving me $1,000. But at the time, what I wanted him to do was to help me get in touch with a national promoter to take the show out of Atlanta and go from city to city. Wow. But that wasn't what he, he intended to to help me with. And so I write about that extensively in, in the book. Yeah, um, yes. And so I just really couldn't figure out what to do with the show at 26 years old. And so I put the show down and started writing uh, greeting cards. I founded a greeting card company. We were in seven stores. Okay. As well as online. And we were doing really well. I was writing wedding vows and, and that kind of thing for this NBA player and just just, just regular people as well. And um, the economy turned. And each of those stores that carried the greeting cards uh, closed up. And of course, writing personalized cards and wedding vows, that's a luxury business. So that that's the first thing to go. So yeah. people weren't hiring me to do that kind of work. And so I pretty much lost everything. I lost my car, lost my place. I was staying with one of my friends. Wow. My bank account was overdrawn by $660. Wow. And okay. um, I was just kind of living aimlessly in Atlanta and um, really didn't know what was happening. I was sinking in a depression, did not know it at the time. And I found myself using these online sites. This is, these were the days before your mobile apps where you could meet people and oh, connect. Wow. And so I was meeting people online, meeting guys online that I did not know for the purpose of having sex. That was the way that I was medicating my uh, depression, if you will. And yeah. so, um, you know, my grandmother died at that time. There were just so many things going on in my life, personally, financially, and professionally. And so there was a whisper, and I described this whisper in the book. Um, I talk about how it felt as if God was summoning me to L.A. And um, I didn't understand why at the time, and so I ignored it. And really? so about two or three months passed, and that same tugging in my spirit happened. Um, it was it was God saying, you need to be in L.A. And I was ignoring it because I was so comfortable in Atlanta. Okay. I had built this life, and even though I didn't have a car and a place of my own anymore, my friends were here. And I believed at the time that my success was here, that, that Atlanta was the city that gave me my start as a writer, and so I just was determined to make it happen here. But um, but looking back, I realized that the reason why I lost the car, I lost the business, and the bank account was overdrawn, because I believe that God wanted to position me to move me to L.A. So he stripped me of everything that was comfortable here in Atlanta yeah. to move me to L.A. so that I would write this book. Wow. So I ended up moving to L.A., and two months after I was there, I started writing Words Never Spoken. And it became all of the things that hurt me, all of the things that changed my life, all of the things that I didn't understand. So it was my family, my parents divorced. My sister was on drugs for many years. My brother spent 23 years in jail. Wow. And then it was my coming out story and transitioning from dating women to dating men and not really understanding the ball scene and 
trans people and at the time you know all of those things that I just did not understand yeah um, it became words never spoken it became that book and I called it words never spoken because it literally it's a book of all of the things that I never thought I would say things I had never said out loud before. gotcha okay wow that let me tell you I mean a lot of people probably wouldn't have actually survived with all the things that you're actually going through one you're actually tackling the music industry number one and never really to achieve the success that you really truly wanted because it's very it's extremely competitive um, I'm pretty sh- at least in, I think Atlanta is a pretty competitive industry but still yet yeah, you've actually were able to be connected with some of some really prominent people and so to make that transition from Atlanta to LA first off what was that like? It was wow. It, it it was it was definitely it was scary. It was really scary because I didn't know anybody in LA. Yeah. Um, except two people. I knew two people in LA, um, but not anyone that I could live with or anything like that. You know, so I literally was anxious. Um, but again, as I described in the book. Everything happened and laid out. It, it was just laid out so organically. Yeah. Like from the from the flight that I purchased out there to where I stayed when I got out there. I mean, everything just fell into place. I mean, like truly, just fell into place. Nice. And I just knew that it was it was it was it was fate, you know. And um, I believe that this book, this this first book, needed to be written, and it wanted to be written. And I think that. Um, it was just a matter of me responding to the call because I believe that I was called to tell this story because oftentimes I hear from like the readers or when I look at the Amazon reviews that the the, the people are saying that you are the new Elon Harris or you've picked up where Elon Harris left off and I get that and I understand it because we write in the same genre yeah. but for me it's a different story because my story is a first person um, where Elin, I'm sure there were elements of truth in them, yes. but they were fictionalized. They were they were characters that were made up and dialogue that was made up, which made it all interesting, just the same. But there's something very different different about writing your life out and writing it in first person so that people know and understand that this is you without a shadow of a doubt. This is what happened in your life. And people can connect to that when it's a real life story. Yes. Um, and so writing the book, I never even knew if I would actually release it, release it in, in particular the first one, um, because here I was in California. And three months after I moved there, I started writing the first book. And as I was writing it, I realized that this was why I had moved to California. And I realized that was why everything that had transpired in Atlanta, personally, financially, professionally, happened the way that they happened, all to set me up in California. There was, the reason that I didn't know anybody in California was because it was. It offered me the isolation that I needed to sit down and uh, write for nine months straight. Wow. So many tears writing the books. I can imagine. There so many tears. Yeah. I mean, because there was things that I had thought I had packed away and forgotten about. Okay. But there were so many things that, that I uncovered as I was writing, and I understood myself in a different way. Gotcha. Um, and so whether it was me writing about feelings that I tried to suppress for 22 years yeah. or you know things that I felt about my st- my father's second marriage and how our relationship shifted as a result of him getting married a second time yes oh wow let me ask you 
I got to ask you this because the the book is so revealing, and a lot of people are first off not really honest with themselves to even reveal the information that you you really went as deep as far as to basically talk about all your faults, all of your all of your sexual experiences. You really went deep, and you wanted to let the actual reader to really get the true experience of your life. Now, I got to ask. Number one, when it came down to the first book, Words Never Spoken, let me ask that, let me start with that first. Why did you come with that particular title? Because they were things that I had never said out loud. It's a double entendre. It's things that I've never said out loud, and it's things that we as a community, as a people, never say out loud. And I just knew as I was writing the book, as I said, there were so many tears, but they were chills. Like, I would literally look at my arm and they would be chill, chill bumps on my goosebumps, on my arms, because I knew that I wasn't just telling my story. I knew that there were other people that were that were going to read these stories and see themselves in them, not just black gay men, or not just gay men for that matter. I knew there, there would be women who would see themselves in these stories. Wow. And so the, the tears were not just because I had gotten through certain events, but also because I could see the gift on the page. Like, I saw what God was, you know, what, 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 what he was doing through me, through my gift. Yes. And I knew that somebody would read these words and they would get it. They would see themselves and they would change for the better. You know, when it comes to truly being a kind of soul searching and well let me ask you this when it come down to uh, writing this book, of course I can definitely understand if it was definitely almost like a a release, an emotional release yeah. that you definitely needed to do. And sometimes I believe yeah. as people, in my personal opinion, we don't do that enough. I don't think we do right. that enough. Um, to even really go indulge deep into our feelings, we may talk to some friends, but even friends sometimes can't really help us the best way we possibly can. Right. Now, during your depression, during that particular state, um, which you also revealed in the book, did you ever seek therapy or did you ever just simply just kind of hold it in or just deal with your friends? What were things were you actually doing at that particular time um, as well to actually kind of kind of release yourself? Um, I did seek therapy, but it wasn't, it wasn't um, at my own volition. Okay. What happened was I was writing, I was working rather, um, this was before I left Atlanta, before I had even thought about writing one book, let alone two, I was I was just living in Atlanta. And I was I was trying to get the play off the ground. I had just um, mounted the show again, and um, it, it flopped this time. This was the time after Tyler had come, and um, it just, the timing just wasn't right. And I was just trying to to force the show again, and it, it flopped. And so I found myself going to look for a job, and I was working for. Uh, Bell South Internet at the time. It's now AT&T, but I went to work for Bell South Internet. And I was so unhappy working there. And long story short, and again, I, I describe all of this in great detail in the book, but I went out on a short-term disability case. Okay. All right. And part of the requirement for me going out on short-term disability was that I had to seek counseling. And I had to go once a week. And so I had a standing appointment every Tuesday. Okay, and okay. At first, I was just kind of there, just just talking, not really trying to get to the root of anything. I was just kind of there, just going as a formality, as you know, just because I was required. But then one day, I heard myself because I had tried to have this conversation about hooking up with people that I didn't know on the internet with two of my friends, 
and again, I described that in the book as well. And they laughed. We won a three-way call, and they laughed because they didn't really understand the severity and the darkness that I was experiencing, the depth of the sadness that I was experiencing. Okay. And so I was in this counseling session, and I remember saying to this woman, the counselor, uh, I've been having sex with, with people that I don't know, with guys that I don't know. And she just looked at me and she said, so why do you think you're doing that? And that was the first time I really thought about it. And, and I, my answer was, I don't know. You know, I didn't have the answer right then, but it began, it was the beginning of me like breaking down that, that wall to find that answer. And so we would talk about it. And so I started talking to her openly about it. And so many years later, once I moved away to California, when I sat down to write this book, it all just kind of came crashing down and back, and I really got an understanding of why I was doing it. Part of it was it was the depression that I experienced. Um, it was the way that I medicated. You know, some people use drugs, some people use alcohol, some people use food, some people shop. Yeah. For me, I was using the internet, not sex. I was using the internet. I was drawn to the allure. I wow. was drawn to the instant gratification that came from the messages from these strangers, these messages that were saying, oh, you're so attractive, or, or you're so this, or, oh, I just want you to hold me, oh, I just want you to, you know, it, it, I was instantly gratified. So it kind of picked me up for just a moment okay. in my depression. It lifted me just for a moment. Uh. And so I was drawn to that. So and, and so I was drawn to it, and so I would come to it consistently, daily, throughout the day, every day, because I was trying to get that high of feeling good for a moment. So for me, it was never about the sex. Yes, I did have sex with people that I didn't know, but for me, I was going back for the instant gratification of the compliment, from the compliment. And so it was it was the realization that I was searching for something and that I had exchanged some of my own core values once I came into the gay community. Oh, wow. So part of it was the depression. Yes. But part of it was me adopting behaviors that weren't my own. It was like I was doing the things that I thought everybody else was doing or the things that I saw other people doing, and I thought that that was part and parcel of being gay. Okay. That makes sense. Yes, it, it does. It's almost like what everybody's doing is I may as well partake in it. Wow. And I think there's this idea that, you know, there's some sort of rites of passage you know, when you come into the gay community that you have to kind of go on this on this sex spree. Yes. That you kind of have to sow your oats. It's almost like you're making up for the years that you suppressed the feelings. But you're making up for the years that you didn't act on the feelings. And so you have this random casual sex with as many people and guys that you can to make up for the years that you weren't doing it. Wow. And so part of me was doing it for that reason. Um, part of the reason that I was having sex with these people was because I was in search of love. Yeah, and I love you. So it, it was it was an amalgamation of reasons. It wasn't just one reason. You know, a lot of people, I believe a lot of people can relate to that story. Um, I know even personally for myself, that sounds very, very, very similar to a lot of the experiences a lot of us really go through, which makes the book even more, even more exciting to want to read. Because you actually give mm -hmm. yourself to a lot of people who are currently living that life as we speak right now. And so for me, when I when I see this type of book, and again, I got to tell the audience, this is a very candid book. You don't hold back anything, but your writing is your writing is 
extremely good. <laughs> you, you are a really good Thank writer. You. And I mean, so when I look at this as a way, as a pretty much an outlet for your feelings, but your feelings helping to helping to help other people who are going through the exact same thing. I mean, for the internet, number one, there's actually some previous things that we actually talked about the podcast. Even the last podcast we just recently did, um, when it came down to talking about you know, the booty call, which is going to be posted mm-hmm. very soon. And we talk about those particular apps as well. And we actually talk mm-hmm. about, in many ways, how people look for that instant gratification. I mean, now, during this process, while you were writing the book, did you find yourself changing the ways that you interacted with people based upon what you've learned in your past? Do you find yourself changing your habits in terms of how you actually go on dates? Did you? Did, how did you go through a little change once you kind of revealed yourself with these books? I felt the shift even before I started writing the book. Uh-huh. Like once I left Atlanta to move to L.A., I felt myself shifting. Now, I'm not going to say that it was immediate. Yes, yes. It's, it's not magic. It's not a light switch. Um, but it was definitely gradual. Gotcha. That I was leaning towards better. Um, and so I remember being on the plane flying to L.A., and I was just saying to myself, I remember praying and saying, you know, I want to leave everything really? back in Atlanta. You wow. know, uh, the hurts, the disappointment, the dysfunctional behavior. I wanted to, the fear, the fear of not succeeding, the fear of not having enough. Um, I wanted to leave all of the doubt in Atlanta. And I wanted to start fresh in California. I wanted to have a clear mind, a clear space, a clear way of thinking. And, and that shift happened, even with the way that I dated, um, the types of people that I dated, because I had a dating pattern. There's a chapter in, in the first book, uh, Words Never Spoken, called Pattern. And I talk about this dating pattern that I had. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was definitely a gradual change. And then once I wrote the book, um, it absolutely was a difference in, in terms of how I approach sex, how I approach relationships. Um, because there's something really uh, special about writing your life out. Whether you journal or whether you write a memoir, Yes. You can no longer be ignorant to the poor choices that you made or to the dysfunctions in your life once you see it on paper. Yeah. You can never pretend to be ignorant to that again. Wow. Wow, you're absolutely and right so, about that. Yeah, and so like once I started, but then it, it was enhanced or amplified once I started having the readings, hosting readings and signings and having conversations with the audience about different things that they read in the books and, and how they felt about it. Um, writing the book, cathartic but the healing really came once I started having the conversation with people in Fort Lauderdale or Jacksonville or, or Baltimore DC wherever um, so that's when it really happened wow you know when I, I was looking at you know this particular book as well now the thing about it is you were two books already is there another book that you plan on writing in the near future another memoir I'm or? midway through a third book oh wow Okay, how's that process going for you now? Because you revealed a lot. I mean, if you revealed a lot, so much in the first two books, uh, what could this? Yeah. What could be the expectations for this book? Well, this book is um, this book is more of a life handbook. It's not a novel. Okay, um, it's more of a life handbook. Um, if I had to describe it, I would say it's um, before agreement meets acts of faith. Wow! Wow! Um, so it, it's ten chapters. And um, I'm calling it Book of Jewels. Book of and Jewels. And so it's 10 chapters, and there's, for example, like there's a chapter called Dating. Okay. And 
I give you personal experiences with it, but I'm giving you like the biggest life lessons that I learned as it relates to dating. Okay. Okay. Um, but I, I give you some of my own personal stories to, to, to show you how I arrived at the, the at the lesson. But then there's a chapter called Life, the very last chapter of the book is called Death. There's a chapter called Love and Fear. Um, so so yeah. So I mean, I'm really proud of this book. But this the process of writing this book. It's very different because it's not me just recounting my life and just writing it out. Okay, okay. It really is me thinking about the biggest life lessons that I've learned. And, and it's it's almost like my what I know for sure. Like if I was over, it's like this is my what I know for sure about dating. Yes. About love and fear, about death, about life. You know, and, and so like I said, it's 10 chapters. And it's one of those books that you would just pick up and you would read and they sit down and then you come back to it later. And, you know, it's one of those kinds of books. Now, when did you expect for that book to be released? Now, I've been saying uh, December. <laughs> 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 but, but it's already September. And, um, I mean, I, I, I could be done, but, you know, life happens. Yes, I mean, life yes, happens. yes. So I'm trying my best to be done by December. But, um... <laughs> I want. I'm very proud of what I have so far. Like I'm, I'm very much so in love with what I've written. And like when I go back and I read it, I'm like, wow, this is just. I, I, like I'm amazed at my growth as a writer. But then just the stuff that's on this page, I'm like, God, like, how did I write this? Like I'm just like looking at, and I've shared it with a couple of my friends. Like I've read it, and they're like, oh my God, you need to be finished with this. <laughs> but I can't rush through the rest of it. You know what I mean? Because I'm right. just as passionate about the rest of it, and. And I have to love it. So if I, if I go beyond December, then I go beyond December. But I want to be done by December. You know, I was, I, I'm currently working with, uh, there's a writer right now currently working with, and he, he's going through the same exact process to me. So one thing I tell him is this. I said, look, you know what? Take as long as you think, as long as the book comes out ex- excellent. That's the only exactly. thing that most people really care about. They're not going to look, see about anything else, but let the book come out with pure excellence. And I think that people will just continue to love you. And let me tell you, I think with the, the first two books, again, the words never spoken, as well as also when it comes to the, always keep because it, it's kind of a long title. So I always kind of, <laughs> kind of give the other books a little bit <laughs> well, confused. There you go. <laughs> um, but I want to make sure that. Listen, take your time, brother. I know if if it's good as your your first two books, people are going to be waiting for it. People are going to be lined up. And I truly, for myself, can honestly say thank you for get, coming to Brother Speak Podcast, number one, to be able to talk about your book and talk about your current upcoming project. So to me, I want to make sure that everyone goes out, buys it, goes on Amazon as much as possible, and basically just give your book an opportunity and read it and find themselves in your life <laughs> that you reveal so candidly on your books and let people to be able to kind of kind of get to know exactly who you are find themselves in this book and become a fan of your work I definitely would appreciate you coming on the podcast thank you so much for having me Chris I really appreciate you thinking of me and bringing me on so now, thank you if anyone wanted to actually find out a little bit more in terms of how to where's your book coming out do they go to your website is there a place that they could go to absolutely my website is craigtheriterstewart.com um, everything that I, I'm doing is listed up there um, in terms of uh, upcoming readings or signings, um, my social media, you can connect from there. And if you're interested in signed copies of the book, you can get those from there as well. So com. 
CraigTheWriterStewart.com. Thank you again so much. Again, I'm going to actually put this on the BrotherSpeakPod.com website so people can be able to just simply take a click and go right back to your website. So I truly appreciate it. Like I said, when it comes to the book itself, the words never spoken, as well as also one thing for certain, two things for sure. Thank you so much. And like I said, I'm going to be looking for that next book too. So the minute you do it, can you please at least give me the opportunity to also have an interview with you to talk about that book as, as well. All right. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. And this is Brother Speak host Chris signing off. Again, Brother Speak told us talking about Black LGBT issues and topics. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you.